you know, I was young and I had to sit and decide what does my life look like going forward with a child right now with a cocaine dealer? And what does my life look like having to say as much as I want to be a mom? This is not the moment. This is not the time. It's the TMI Project Podcast, a series of stories about the too much information parts of ourselves we usually leave out because we're too ashamed or embarrassed. I'm your host, Eva Tenuto. This is Season 3, Stories for Choice. Before we get started, just want to let you know that as the TMI implies, some content might be too much information for some listeners. And remember, your support keeps our content free and accessible to everyone who wants to listen. So if you like what you hear and you're able to chip in, you can do so at tmiproject.org, where you'll also find some really great merch. Either way, thank you. We are so glad you're listening. Let's dive right in. Mackenzie always wanted to have a baby and be a mom, but at 21, knew the time wasn't right. 13 years later, she finally found a partner who she could envision parenting with. The only problem? He's already had a vasectomy. But in Mackenzie's case, where there is a will, there is a way. Stay tuned after her story to hear from Mackenzie today. In 2012... I signed myself up for Match.com. Match-fucking-corny.com. I figure, I don't want to meet a man at a bar. Four days before Valentine's Day, and who am I kidding? I've made out with every available or not available man or woman that I know. Match.com seems like a safer bet. But by February 14th, I find myself perusing the bad headshots until I get a wink. The title reads... Dirty hands and a warm heart. But both of our profiles read, separated. His mentions he has two kids. Mine declares, I want kids. Weeks later, we are glowing in conversation about how the way fate works, and I tell him I think it is interesting that we, he has a 13-year-old daughter, and because 13 years earlier, I'd gotten pregnant, but I didn't have the baby. See, in 1998... I say goodbye to a soul that I have waited almost my whole life to know. To bring here into this world, to birth, to learn, and to grow with. At 21, in a severely abusive relationship with a man who sells cocaine at a local pizza shop, I ask that soul for forgiveness before I have what they call a menstrual extraction. It's an early-term abortion, It involves an ancient suctioning practice, and it's actually illegal. I am in a log cabin somewhere in Massachusetts. There are pillows, blankets, a lamp, and seven women. I am sworn to secrecy, and they have sworn me theirs. In this strange room, I talk to the soul inside me. I bless the body that I will never know, and I bless the birth that will not give life to my baby. There is a mason jar just within my arm's reach, and my baby's life will end there. I don't know how they'll do it, these women holding candles and tinctures and herbs. We will begin now. It will last about 45 minutes, and eventually you will feel the pressure, a lot of pressure, and she goes down. Later, I hear them talking. She was so brave. I hear them compare the size of my child's hand to a sesame seed, but I don't 
look in the jar. I only rock in a chair next to a fire and I pray myself well. And I ask for that soul to return to me someday come back when the time is right, when the man is more a man and myself more a woman prepared for motherhood. Now, 13 years later, I tell dirty hands and a warm heart that I'd conceived on Valentine's Day and how weird that we had met that day. He stays silent. Then he tells me his daughter was conceived on Valentine's Day, too, 13 years ago. A month into dating and a lot of sex later, I am severely constipated. My boobs are as large as life, and you can't lay a finger, let alone a bra, on them. My mind immediately goes to that February 13 years ago, and suddenly, I feel nauseous. I've just met him. Is it really possible that I'm pregnant already? I am pregnant. I'm pretty convinced we've had a lot of sex, a lot of unprotected sex. And the only time I've had unprotected sex 13 years ago, I got pregnant. He hasn't asked me if I'm on birth control. He wants the baby, too. We have just finished. The room is cold, and I'm preoccupied with the idea that I am carrying a child, and I can't help myself. I say, we are having a lot of unprotected sex. The room is quiet. He looks at me. My chest is pounding. His body is not moving. My soulmate. The man that I've waited 35 years to meet is by my side. We are naked, wet, and rosy-cheeked. And he says, I had a vasectomy. My period comes the next day. I can't believe it. Why would the universe finally point me in the direction of the kindest, loveliest, and most fitting man that I have ever met? To learn that there is this huge obstacle to my greatest dream to have a child? that all my blocks have led me to meet a dam in the vast deference. <laughs> a year later, we visit a fertility clinic. Now, after dinner, Ethan and I load the needles. Ethan's daughter, Eden, plays the flute, and his son, Peter, tries not to flinch or look too hard. My belly is already black and blue, and I remember thinking somewhere I wanted this. The attention, the doctors, and, of course, the baby. The retrieval day arrives. Ethan is to get his sperm extracted first, and he is scheduled for a 15-minute appointment. He comes out an hour later, looking more tired than when he went in, and he is holding a cooler. What happened? He says, they cut me open. I just had surgery, full-blown surgery. They cut open my entire ball and pulled the skin back. Oh, my God. Do you have stitches? Of course. We are both stunned. How the hell did no one tell us that this was going to happen? <laughs> he says, when I pulled my pants down, the doctor screamed, Whoa, we got a hairy one. <laughs> I hold back my laughter. He is so not laughing. <laughs> We finally get to my doctor. I am in a small room. There is one nurse, one doctor, one anesthesiologist, and Ethan. One, two, three. I am out. Darkness. Weeks later, the phone rings, finally. Hello, Mackenzie? 
My name is Angel. Can you fucking believe it? I have your results. Your HCG levels are 340. I start to cry. I have no clue what an HCG is, and it sounds low. I know I am not pregnant. Ethan's ear is pressed up to the phone with me, and our cheeks are touching. My tears are falling down his face. What does that mean, sir? You are four weeks pregnant, ma'am. Wait, I am? Wait, I'm pregnant? He says yes again. And I say, sir, you truly are an angel. I am in full-out hysterics. I can breathe now. 36 years, a failed 10 marriage, a vasectomy, 28 needles to my belly, more tears than anyone should ever know. And I am pregnant. Hallelujah, I did it. I am having a baby now. (laughs) Growing up, this is not how I expected it would happen. But I have learned that no matter what you expect, no one has control over who is coming in and who is going out. Yesterday I learned I'm having a boy, and I stand here quietly and talk to the forming body and soul inside my belly. I am here now. Ethan and I and the kids, we are all here, waiting, and that is all we can do for now. We don't really have control. Just love and prayer that this will be enough. We had a chance to catch up with Mackenzie recently, and she told us how sharing her story impacted her. I was haunted by a lot of the stuff that was in those stories. And for me, once I stood on stage and gave it away, the ghost no longer haunted me. There was no stress or worry anymore about it. It just disintegrated. It was alchemized. It's literally one of the best things I've ever done in my life. And I feel so healed and so grateful. A very special thanks to Mackenzie for sharing her story. Stay tuned for our next episode, when Rain will share a story about what he goes through during a routine visit for a prescription for hormone refill, and why he vows never to go back to the doctors again. I'm Eva Tenuto. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. TMI Project is available to offer true storytelling workshops and performances for your school or workplace. This episode of Season 3 of the TMI Project podcast, Stories for Choice, was produced in partnership with Radio Kingston. It was written by me and edited, produced, and mixed by Daisha Clay. Our theme song is Secrets by Edison Woods. Our operations and programs manager is Blake File. Our marketing and digital coordinator is Laura Marie Ruoco. Our administrative assistant is Elijah Jackson. Our graphic designer is Lauren Gill. Our workshop leaders are Perla Iora, Capely Kalnick, Haley Downs, Jonathan Gonzalez, Rain Grayson, Ray Lipkin, Dara Laurie, Micah, Julie Novak, Blake File, and me, Eva Tenuto. To learn more, support our work, and find a special writing prompt so you can start telling your story, visit tmiproject.org slash podcast. <laughs>